When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Here's up in depth. Probably our only show for this month, Jared. I don't know. Unless we can cram in another one next week sometime. sometime. If something happens, I'd be more than happy to record one next week. All right. But, uh, yeah, well, I wanted to do it last week, but unfortunately that, what is it? Uh, That COVID vaccine really crushed me. Yeah, (laughs) dude. I mean, it was the booster. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. You, that was like you were telling me a little bit about it before the secret show that we did the other night. And um, yeah, that was like the worst I've ever heard of yeah, people like I mean, people with the booster and stuff. And, and uh, you know, I didn't get any sort of complications or whatever with uh, either dose of my vaccine. The booster for me was like I was like a little more tired than usual for like two days and that's it. So, yeah. you know, now I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm not protected at all. Maybe it's the thing. Like I feel like somehow you, like the uh, getting chills is sort of like a a, you know uh, a comfort in a way to be like okay I know I'm protected because my body is fighting this. Yeah, my teeth cracked. I mean, (laughs) I get it. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Well, uh, glad to see you here, Jeremy, and I appreciate you hanging out a little bit for uh, the secret show. That was fun. Uh, it was a rare Saturday night secret show, I think is what was it, it was. Was it three hours? It was, uh, yeah, it was the full, the full show was about three hours. Um, <laughs> or what we did was about three hours. And then I, I think the show itself was like 2.15. And then afterwards, we just sat <laughs> and talked and laughed and uh, yeah. deleted comments. And yeah. um, it was a good time, though, man. It was a good time. It was fun. I yeah. enjoyed it. It was a great Saturday evening. Well, and I feel like we could we could do it that way because we started at eight thirty instead of normally nine thirty. So it's like, and we didn't have a show. I I sort of like doing the fresh secret show. You know, where like there's no there's no performance before. There's no show beforehand. Mm-hmm. So you're just sitting there and you're like talking and just you know hanging out or whatever. Right. Um, that's just how it worked out this month. So I, maybe I'll try to change that. But it's hard for it's hard to get Terrence and Bev to like carve out yet an additional day right you know what i mean so it's easy for me i just pop in here and like i'm here but they have to like physically set up equipment and deal with their family like even during the show on thursday talking to josh freeze bev's like communicating with her family and it's like you know it's just it's it's hard it's hard to keep everybody you know isolated the way i want so you know whatever i hear you um anyway we got a good show for you guys today. A lot of stuff in the Disney news sphere to cover. Not a lot of juicy stories, however. It's like a lot of little tiny bites. You know? Yeah, they're dry stories. There's no juice anyway. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's how it is sometimes. Uh, but, but sometimes it's good. Sometimes we just there isn't, you know, you can't always go nine layers deep. Sometimes we just got to let people know what's happening. Yes. Exactly right. Yeah, so, so this is basically what's happening. I do have sort of a juicy story, but a lot of the Disney news is like 
it is what you make of it. You know, where some of these right. new sites will be like they blow things out of proportion. Like I saw one on Inside the Magic where it's like guest breaks rules, puts entire arm into water on a ride. Like <laughs> first of all, the fun police are here. Woo woo. Like also, that's what you 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 paid someone to write about someone putting their arm in the boat at Small World? Are you serious? Oh yeah, Weird. I saw that. Yeah. I also saw one of their headlines today was it was oh guest gets and then they put in quotes run over by cart. <laughs> and I'm like and I the fact that they even <laughs> used quotes I'm like I'm not wasting my time with this cuz I know this is going to bamboozle me. This is not what happened. Someone didn't get run over. They're even putting it in air quotes that somebody got run over. So I knew it was just clickbait and I I held my head high and I walked out of the room. I didn't click it. Yeah, it gets weird, man. It gets weird with that stuff. Because yeah, if you're are you like if you're sort of self policing your own headline by, <laughs> you know, oh run over <laughs> air quotes, you're you know it's sort of like be, being a little too self aware. Like you understand that you're not actually saying these people got run over. So now you can defend yourself in the comments. Like, well we put right. quotes around it. Right. Yeah. Whatever, dude. Heading it off at the pass. Uh, all right, Jer. Well, what do you say? Let's go. I have I have a couple crumbs and then a juicy story. So why don't I start first? Go hell. <laughs> <laughs> go to hell. Go to hell. <laughs> go go ahead. Go ahead. I will go ahead. Here we go. Let's check this out. Um, which one first? Okay, Peter Dinklage. You know Peter Dinklage from Game yes. of Thrones, famously. Uh, sure. fantastic actor seems like just a, a super nice guy like he's he's yeah. a guy that you just i think you want to hang out with you know what i mean yeah he's a nice dude well he's apparently very upset at disney what 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 possibly let me see is he an annual pass holder that got <laughs> denied uh, entry is he a magic key holder that can't get into the park is he someone who wants to use the tram is he someone who likes <laughs> illuminations what is he mad about <laughs> uh that there's not enough barges i think is what he's oh, yeah. his problem okay. is yeah um he's criticized the forthcoming revival of the uh, 1937 children's film snow white and the seven dwarfs calling the story effing backwards that's a that's happening yeah they're doing it's it again reboot. Yeah, I guess. Um, the actor who has dwarfism, of course, was discussing the concept of wokeness on the latest episode of the WTF with Mark Marin podcast when he made the comments about the live action remake, which will star Rachel Ziegler as the Disney princess. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I know the name. I don't know. I don't know who she is. Yeah, I don't know where she's from. Uh, quote, literally no offense to anyone, he said, but I was a little taken aback when they were very proud to cast a Latina actress as Snow White. You're still telling the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Take a step back and look at what you're doing here. It makes no sense to me. You're progressive in one way, and you're still making that effing backward story about seven dwarves living in a cave together. What the <laughs> F are you doing, man? Uh, apparently he's very upset at the word dwarf, which is not a, um, I guess a kind phrase. Um, yeah. And so that's his, that's, that's the issue that he's, that he's, you know, taking where it's like, you should change the, change the name entirely of, of, of the thing. Um, 
Apparently, the dwarfs in the original story uh, did not live in a cave, but rather in a cottage. Um, right. The um, they worked in a cave. That's where they went to work. E- e- right, right. But apparently, in this new reboot, they're going to be living in a cave. I don't really understand, oh. to be honest with you. In other versions of the tale, including in Belgium and the Netherlands, Snow White was befriended by seventeen robbers. <laughs> Not seven doors, 17 robbers uh, who live in a cave. Snow White in uh, MS-13. <laughs> yeah. uh, rather than seven doors who live in a cottage. Dinklage, who's 52, added, have I done nothing to advance the cause for my soapbox? I guess I'm not loud enough. I don't know which studio that is, but they were so proud of it. All love and respect to the actress and all the people who thought they were doing the right thing. But I'm just like, what are you doing? Uh, the story has been previously criticized for being ableist because several of the dwarves are depicted as being stupid or clumsy. And in the film, Snow White assumes they are all children, which I think is just like the Disney movie. Snow White assumes that Doc is a child. With, <laughs> he has a beard, ma'am. Well, look, she's not very smart either, I guess, too. Isn't she only like 15 in the story? I don't know. All these Disney princesses are super young. They have no idea what's going on. I have no idea. It's not like they, they, we didn't ID her at the beginning of the movie. She's <laughs> yeah, just there. Know, man. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. So Peter Dinklage is upset at Disney for, uh, for you know, the dwarfism. I, I, I don't know. But then, but then the article says that he has dwarfism so if it's the name of his con- <laughs> the condition like i don't I, I don't understand i i wish there was more to the uh you know more to the context of like what he what else he said in in regards to because i'm sure mark Marin pressed him on it a little bit i've never heard the show but i hear it's a really good podcast to listen to what else is there i don't know i don't know i don't here's the thing i don't know that i ever watched that movie and thought about little people to me the dwarfs in that movie are a different thing do you know like yeah they're like um this is gonna sound even worse but they're like trolls or like 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 a like a like a mad like not human and maybe yeah, and like, maybe that's part of what he's saying where it's like yeah I, yeah I don't think you should say dwarf or i don't think you can say the d or the m word anymore i think it is little people are they so, going to have to change the name of the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? Well, I think it's sort of what Peter Dinklage is saying, where he's like, you know, you're progressive in one way where you have a Latina actress playing the lead role, but you're still using these words that the little people community don't appreciate. Okay. I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I didn't, re- I never thought of it. I didn't, re- I didn't actually ever think of it. Um, Okay. Yeah, I never thought about it either. And like, you know, thinking about my comment, <laughs> I wasn't really comparing them to trolls, you guys. Please don't, please don't get mad at me. Don't. Well, you're not, you're saying that. kind of what I was saying is yeah. they're not the same thing. It's not like, I know, but it's, it's not it's, like we're using a derogatory version of little people. Correct. Right. Exactly. But and I it, almost think it's somewhat narcissistic that Dinklage is saying, that's me. No, no, that's me. It's like, actually, this isn't about you. It's about, they're like, they're, they're not a, this isn't a movie about human little people. It's a movie about these cre- these characters. Yeah, you know what I mean, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, I I I think uh, if you're if you're um, not progressive, but if you're um, if you're outspoken about a cause, you're going to be looking for ways to advance. Uh, you know, understand it, understanding of your position on that cause, and especially if it affects you personally. So. I get what he's saying. 
it, it, you know, it's um, because they are, you know, everyone's a human in the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's strange. I get what he's saying, but I actually think he's making it worse because it's like, oh, I didn't connect them with you. But now I do. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I just wish he would have like explained that a little bit more clear. Yeah. You know, because for the for the soundbite to get out, for the article to get out, written about it, it's sort of like, I don't really I don't really understand. I guess this point is taken, but equally, I don't I like the points taken. But what is it? Does it really do anything that they're casting a Latina as Snow White? Like what right? What wrong is that writing any either? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. You well, that's, I guess, a different conversation to have. All right, Jer, why don't you hit me okay. with some juicy stories? I don't know why juicy right, well, is the, the word of the day, but my story has plenty of juice, actually. Oh, there's a new mixologist series this month at the Edison, and it's an event you won't soon want to jettison. <laughs> Whoa, that was my, my attempt at rhyming. <laughs> <laughs> the Edison is a lavishly 1920s themed restaurant at Disney Springs. Have you ever been there? I don't know. I, mean, I don't think it was open when you went. Maybe. No, it was not. I don't think so. Well, for three Thursdays in a row, there is a mixology series featuring Maker's Mark cocktails. Now, uh, the first one actually already happened. It was last Thursday, but there are still two more slots left. This Thursday, January 27th, and next Thursday, February 3rd, are, are both coming up. And each of those weeks, attendees will be treated to two deliciously mixed Maker's Mark cocktails, highlighting the soft wheat of this particular bourbon. These concoctions will be thoughtfully paired with savory dishes as well as desserts. I love when things are thoughtfully paired for me. They are going to be thoughtfully paired. (laughs) I mean, what does that even mean? It's not going to be haphazard. No, I mean, I could put put, uh, cereal with a a Maker's Mark drink. It's like, well, I I mean, I thought about the cereal. So it's thoughtfully, I mean, you know, I didn't blindly reach for it. It came into my brain. Yeah. Well, that's actually not Disney's description. That's Jeremy's description. (laughs) I decided that they're thoughtfully paired. Maybe they aren't. Well, then um, I love it. And I think it's great. (laughs) Unless you were doing irony, which is always an excuse to get out of any uncomfortable situation. I'm just being ironic because this is what somebody would write. Well, it does seem that there's some thought into it. They are picking things that seem to highlight the flavor profiles of the bourbon. So... Um, this coming Thursday on January 27th, the two cocktails featured will be a Blackberry Blast, which is Maker's Mark 46, fresh blackberries, vanilla syrup, lime juice, and how do you say this? Orgeet? Orgeet. Orgeet and Lilit Rose. Um, and then there's another one called Not Your Father's Peach Tea, which will be Maker's 46, (laughs) vanilla syrup, peach bitters, and black walnut bitters as well. Mm. And the bites that will be paired with this. With the sips? (laughs) With the sips. Yeah. It's going to be a Maker's Port Wine Glazed Pork Loin, sweet potato puree, and candied onions, and also a chef's selection of desserts. That's, all that's too sweet for me. Oh, the, the bites are yeah. too sweet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a pork glaze, you then you have sweet yeah. potato, and you have what else? Candied onions and crunchy Can- leeks. No, I don't know. I bet the candied onions and the crunchy leeks might give it a bit of a, a salty spin. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Sure. Look, I don't get paid to do this nonsense. So whatever they're doing is I'm sure it's great. I I would look at that menu and go, "Eh." I mean, I've been to a lot of beer pairings and beer and food pairings. And I just over the years, I've sort of realized that none of it matters. I I kind of agree. Like none of it. Like, you know, it doesn't pay. you, You can pair beer with anything. There are certain things that you shouldn't do, like popcorn and beer. 
don't eat those two flavors, like green apple Why not? and beer, because it's considered an off flavor, like especially buttered popcorn. It's called diacetyl. And that's like an off flavor in beer. Uh, green apple is acetaldehyde, and that's an off flavor in beer too. So if you're eating green, a- so like if you're trying to taste the beer, don't be eating these things together. But if you're just like slamming Miller Lights, you know, at eleven o'clock on a Sunday morning, that's fine. You eat whatever you want; it doesn't matter. Uh, but like some of these like really fancy beer pairings, like I have a really good friend who um, does these for a living. Like he does like fancy beer pairings, and it's like I don't, I just don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a yeah. way for the chef to have fun. That's all it is, I think. I mean, I definitely don't think you want to chew chewing gum and then sip beer either. Uh, sure. Like, that would be a weird flavor combo. <laughs> yeah, but no one would ever say that and like call it a pairing. <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to understand, okay? <laughs> uh, um, so that's what's going to happen. I don't know. None of those drink, neither of those drinks sound particularly appetizing to me. I think there's too much going on with them. There's too much syrup, too much bitters, too Like, I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't know, peach bitters, that could be all right. I don't know. It seems like it's going to take away, not that Makers is anything amazing, but. Correct. Well, that, that I guess that's the other side of that is if you're having a cocktail pairing to highlight the spirit, why are you doing putting peach bitters and black walnut bitters in there? <laughs> vanilla <What>? syrup. <laughs> yeah, with vanilla syrup. I mean, <laughs> typically like in a, like a tiki drink, it's like a quarter ounce of syrup or half an ounce, maybe. Um, so it's not, it shouldn't be that much. It's just enough to highlight everything. So the vanilla is probably yeah. highlighting a lot of the vanilla notes in the wood and all that kind of stuff. But makers is sort of subtle in its own way. I don't know. I, for me, I wouldn't really consider makers like a, like a mixing cocktail. I don't know. I, yeah. It look, I, would yeah, try I it. often just drink it over ice. I would try it for sure. I would definitely be interested in trying the cocktails because I want to see how they play together. But I think in those situations where you're having fruit and bitters and stuff, you're not trying to taste the spirit in and of itself. And that to me is just weird. Then it's like, why are we highlighting? (laughs) But hey, whatever. Who cares? Do it. Well, and if you can't make it this Thursday... You can come back on February 3rd and try the Bittersweet Symphony, which is Makers 101 Aperol Green Chartreuse Lemon Juice and House Made Cinnamon Cordial. Yeah, what are you tasting in that? You're not tasting There's the Makers so- in that, dude. There's no way. But that sounds like it would make a tasty cocktail. It probably is tasty. Yeah. And that's uh, probably well, all they care about, to be completely honest. It's like, oh, right. see, you know, you don't have to taste the the, the booze in here. But you're still going to come away, if you don't know makers, you're going to come away going, well, that made a nice cocktail. Yeah. So. You you could also have a coffee crumble, which is Makers 101 cold brew, cranberry juice, cocoa-infused ruby pour, and house-made cinnamon cordial as well. No. that's no. I don't know what's going on in that thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. No, I would not try and, that one. And that evening, for some bites, we'll be having <laughs> gochujang marinated mm-hmm. tempera shrimp. Gochujang is a South oh, Korean, um, like a hot pepper paste that's used a lot in uh, South Korean cooking. We use it, we use it, not quite a bit, but we we cook with it here at home every now and then. It's it's nice, it's cool, but it's spicy. It's a spicy, savory kind of thing. Okay, well, yeah. and that will be cut, topped with a blackberry maker's mark compote. Why? Oh my god! Why? <laughs> why are they doing it? You were like so excited, and then I was like, oh, yeah. that's not the whole thing. No. <laughs> It's gochujang shrimp with with blackberry compote. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Smuckers, I believe, is the brand on that. <laughs> it has to uh, be the, good. 
the event runs from 5 to 7 p.m. You can purchase your ticket for starting at $65 per person per event. Space is very limited. Of course, you must be 21 years or older. Okay. And uh, you can go the, – the website address is really long, but it's Patina Restaurant Group. If you just Google, you know uh, – what is this called? <laughs> Google something at the Edison Edison Mixologist series. I'm there sure uh, it will come up, and you can register if you want to. That do price it. doesn't sound bad, honestly. No, it doesn't sound bad. I yeah. might try to get over there for the third, even though I want the drinks on the 27th. I will go to for the go to it for the third. Yeah, why I'm not? not? Gonna be here this Thursday. I can't make it, but I would love to try. You know what the hell else am I doing? Yeah, what else are you gonna do? Probably recording in depth. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it live from there with my gimbal. <laughs> the 21st Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA, puts an island vacation in their whimsically designed cans. That's right, cans. This refreshing year-round release, Tropical IPA, is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with a Zaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. Tropical Brew for Your Die IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood taproom, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. That's right. Thank you very much, Eric. Uh, well, my next story, Jeremy, is more of just like an announcement um, Moana, which I really uh, liked that movie. I thought the soundtrack was very good. I thought it was a nice, refreshing uh, movie for Disney to make. It, it definitely, um, you know, set us up for the disappointment that is Encanto. But that's another, you know, that's another show. Uh, Disney Plus are doing a spinoff of Moana, and it gets a new director and animation veteran, David G. Derrick Jr. And that's going to take off in 2024. It's Moana the series explores new stories with Moana, which the uh, voice actress, Alui, Alu, Al, Ali, I, I, I'm so bad at like the Hawaiian mm. accent name. So um, this poor girl, whatever. She doesn't know. She's never going to listen. Uh, oh, is she, this the same gal who voiced? The same gal who voiced. Yeah. Oh, okay. I actually saw her. She narrated the Candlelight Processional the night that I went this year. Oh, nice. I would love, yeah. I actually reached out to try to get her on the show because I would love to interview her. Because it was like a casting call of like a thousand people. And she was yeah. like one of the last people like to enter. And then she won. The, it was a, it's a cool story. Hmm. Um, anyway, she reprises her role as Moana. And she goes beyond the reefs of Matanui after the events of the 2016 film. When revealing the long-form musical comedy series during Disney Investor Day in 2020, Walt Disney Animation Studios creative officer Jennifer Lee announced the project from Oscar-nominated producer Osnat Sure. Oh, sure. Literally, his abbreviation is like, oh, sure. <laughs> you say, oh, sure? This is oh, sure. Um, who did Moana and Ray and the Last Dragon. Um, and he says that they will connect with talent from the Pacific Islands. As a story artist of Moana, the movie, quote, deepened Derek's connection with his family's Samoan roots. In a statement, Derek said, working on Moana was a gift, personally and professionally. The film Moana caught and shared the spirit of Polynesia with the world. I'm honored to continue her story and to celebrate the rich and beautiful culture of the Pacific Islands. That's cool. Got a guy with Samoan roots to, you know, head man a, a, a movie about uh, Polynesian culture and stuff like that. I think it's pretty nice, man. 
There's a, such a deep love for this character in this film, and that love has only grown in the years since the film's initial release. Lee said when announcing the sequel spinoff series on Disney Plus in the series, Moana's boundless sense of adventure and skills at wayfinding take her way beyond the reef. Since our first research trips to the region for the film, we continue to be inspired. This is where it gets, um, you know, the PR and and corporate. We continue to be inspired by the deep oral storytelling traditions of the Pacific Islands. to help tell the stories for this new series. We are connecting with talent from this region. It's like, you're you you continue to be inspired by a trip that you had five years ago shut up and just uh, you can phrase that that has a little more personality to it that's a little more personable instead of just the corporate speak i continue to really be inspired by the uh you know amount of disney news that's generated every day and it makes me want to i don't, it's just, I don't know i hate Didn't that disney stuff. get into some trouble with moana weren't they oh, sure, accused yeah. of um, cultural appropriation maybe. right is one of it yeah and it's like but they're going to do that every every time they kind of branch out for this stuff but i know disney it's not because motunui is not one it's not like a hawaiian island or you know any sort of other pacific island it's just a conglomeration of cultures so if you look at the credits of that movie there's a lot of uh you know <clears throat> um accent marks and abbreviations <laughs> there's a lot of people with um, with you know the sort of traditional Pacific Island Polynesian names, Samoan names, Hawaiian names, like all of these kind of um, culture uh, leaders, I guess, in the space of like you know who, sure. who cultural can, ambassadors. There you we go. Could call them. Yes, thank you very much. So they put Disney put a lot of work into making sure that things are right and not just co opted or you know right. taken and changed because. Um, they would they would get called out for, it. but apparently that happened anyway. So <laughs> at this point, just make the movie whatever you want to do. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break, Jer. Oh, okay. What do you think? I, I'm on board with that. All right. Uh, hang on, everybody. It's in depth. We'll be right back. Back to the newsroom on in depth. <laughs> I will never not laugh at that. It makes me think I'm like walking into Space Mountain or something. Ooh! When I first hear those tones, it's like some I, I do. I'm transported into Tomorrowland. Okay, that's nice. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, give me a story, Jeremy. Well, Jason, the highway in the sky will be saying goodbye <laughs> temporarily. That okay. is, the Disneyland monorail will be closing again. This time, the first daily operating monorail service in the Western Hemisphere will close from February 14th to March 6th to allow for necessary demolition taking place at Disney. Oh, I was called at Disney Springs. Yours is downtown at downtown Disney. How dare you? As, How I dare know. you? I know. You wish it was Disney Springs. <laughs> As part of the re- uh, reimagining. I love of that area love of that. the Disneyland that resort that was announced last year. If you recall, the Disneyland monorail has only just recently come back. It reopened on October 15th after a lengthy shutdown that was part first of the overall closure of Disneyland due to COVID-19. The monorail returned to service in October last year as part of the phased reopening of the resort. And now, just a few months later, it's saying goodbye again, but only temporarily. Disney had originally announced that today, January 24th, would be the monorail's final run for a time, but then pushed back that closing date to February 14th. So Disneyland fans have a couple more weeks 
of enjoying the highway in the sky before it temporarily closes. So there's a little refurb update for you. If you really have your heart set on the monorail, don't go or go now, but don't go from February 14th to March 6th. (laughs) Right. So you're going to be missing out. Missing out. That's right. Uh, Speaking of missing out, Jeremy. Yeah. Josh Gad decided to float to the surface of the Disney news cycle, and he has something to say about World Showcase. This has me absolutely terrified <laughs> because I've let it. I've let my feelings on Gad be known. Yes, here. although I did. Same. I took some of them back in the Discord recently. If you, you recall, did no. I don't know about that. I rewatched Frozen. Yeah. And I was like, maybe he's not that bad, Josh Gad. Oh, that's right, because you were saying it's it's basically how Disney pushed Olaf and that's sort of what made it annoying. Yeah, like I think they beat me over the head, but actually I found some of the lines to be pretty clever. Yeah, when I rewatched this, I was like, All right, I'm gonna give Gad some give some give him some breathing room. Yeah, I guess. Well, this is what he does with that breathing room, Jeremy. <laughs> oh god. This is from CinemaBlend.com. He says, Josh Gad wants Disney's uh, Disney World's Epcot to add a new country, and his ideas sound solid. Josh Gad okay. has found a great way to add a new nation to Epcot's World Showcase. A great way? Okay, whatever. Um, anyways, according to Twitter, Josh Gad's family has been mildly obsessed. He mildly obsessed. His writing is terrible. With Encanto, since it... I knew uh, what was coming. Yep. According to social media, his family... Blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Click on this. As uh, This is uh, from Josh Gad's Twitter. As we watch for the thousandth time, shut up. You haven't seen this movie a thousand times. Stop it. <laughs> Can you just not? As we, It just feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, my kids and I decided we want a Columbia attraction at Epcot with a full Encanto ride through attraction. And then he tags Lin-Manuel Miranda and like a bunch of other people and Disney parks. Please make this happen. Sincerely, the Gads. Oh, the, g- the gags is more like it. Well, it's, I mean, it's also like we, my kids and I decided that we want this. It's very, it, it's just a very demanding like thing to say. And I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like the tone of it either. And also, yeah, one movie comes along, it's mildly successful, and now all of a sudden we have to, we're going to, but they'll do it. That's what they do. Look at Moana. Moana is everywhere at Epcot. The whole, it should just be called Moana Park. <laughs> well, and this person says, this is actually a pretty great idea for a number of reasons. <sighs> what are you talking about? But here are the reasons. The most obvious thing that South- the, It does have merit. Okay. But I'll get to that after you read. This. Okay. Uh, South America is currently completely unrepresented within the World Showcase. There have been rumors of a Brazil pavilion being on the drawing board for years, but they've never materialized. Even if they did, Brazil is so different from the rest of South America that it hardly represents the entire continent. At least one pavilion. Okay. Explain to me. So Colombia has can do that. Though? <laughs> I know, right? You just want the whole World Showcase to be every country in South America because they're all different. <laughs> What are you talking about? Right. Um, at least one pavilion representing South America is really necessary if we're going to call it a world showcase. Two would be better. This is this, the author. I wish it was Josh Gad so I can hate him. Um, <laughs> and anyway, they're basically saying, um, and then it needs an attraction. So basically a ride through like Honda Mansion, but the you know casita 
in the in the movie. And it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense where things move and stuff. But like, where's the story? Sounds boring to me. Well, Gad, I got news for you. There's less of an opportunity for more country expansion at World Showcase since it since Norway, when it got its Frozen expansion, took up a slot that was next to it. So Norway is actually overexposed because the theory behind World Showcase when they created it was that every country has the same physical space. There is no country that has more space than another. Some of them go back deeper. Some of them have more frontage. But the idea is that they they're all share an equal footing in World Showcase. Then Frozen came along and doubled, <laughs> and they doubled Norway. So actually, Gad, part of the reason why we have one less slot at Epcot is because of your stupid Frozen movie. So sorry, <laughs> there's one less opportunity for it there. I do think that the merits they, they cover it. The merit is, is that uh, South America is completely underrepresented. Yeah. And they're so that, but whether or not Colombia is the best spot for it, it depends on what your philosophy of Epcot is. If your philosophy is it needs a, a successful IP in order to do it. But gee, I think that that's pretty insulting actually to the Colombian people that you weren't good enough for world showcase until this idiot movie came along. And two, there was a phase two for plan plan for Epcot. And there were countries that have been lined up waiting in the winds for several years. Brazil being one of them, Israel being another, Russia being another, Spain being another. Those were the phase two countries that were supposed to arrive and they never Mm. showed up. So, I mean, what are the three of those are, are European countries, I think I listed, but yeah, um, which is already quite well represented. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Well, yeah. and, I mean, also, I, I like the idea of the countries. And Equatorial in, Africa. Sorry, that was another one. There you go. I like the idea of the countries in World Showcase not really having IP to represent them. I mean, you have Mexico, which I know it's not, you know, representative of Colombia. Colombia and Mexico aren't the same thing culturally. But you know you're you're you can't have everything. You can't you just you can't. So you have to pick the biggest country with you know sort of the same you know ideals and different slightly different food. I'm going to get myself in trouble with this one for sure because I don't know what I'm talking about. But like Japan Pavilion, you know, there's no movie tie-in with that. China Pavilion, there's no movie tie-in with that. Canada Pavilion, what's the movie tie-in? I don't know. There's nothing in there. The Italy Pavilion, right? So, but then you have the frozen area um you know then now colombia has to be in Kanto. why that's what i don't like about it and I, i'm agreeing with you i think you're correct yeah it's too much of like well first of all gad needs to get his face out of this because he's part of the problem in this regard it's you don't need to be shoving ip in places that it doesn't need to be the pavilion should be there on its own merit it shouldn't need to be there because people liked a movie about it Right. Don't drag Colombia in behind Encanto. If Encanto is a is a is a synergistic addition to a, a country that already exists, in this case, it would be Colombia. Great. I also think if you want to create a beautiful that that movie visual, everyone says it's so visually stunning. Okay, create a beautiful dark ride or whatever for it. It doesn't also have to be at Epcot. We have something <laughs> called the Magic Kingdom. We have Hollywood Studios. Like I don't necessarily know that. Epcot is the right place for it, but my philosophy of Epcot is different from what's been going on there. So it probably will be the, you know, well, and also I didn't even know that movie took place in Colombia, which I sort of like about it. Like, I don't know if they say that necessarily in the movie. It's sort of like, 
Moana. You don't really know what country this is in. You have no idea really. It just exists. It's the island is the island, and you don't think about the 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 real life cultural, you know, parallels for it. Does it need to be in Colombia? Could it have been anywhere else in South America? Yeah, probably. I mean, right. honestly, I thought it, it looked like Mexico to me. I have no idea. I have no idea, and it doesn't matter because the film's not really supposed to teach me anything. And it just it's it's entertainment. Yeah, and so well, it was. This, it, it's weird, man. That similar thing happened. Really, that this all started with Frozen because they said we need to put it somewhere, and they put it in Norway. But Frozen isn't distinctly right. Norwegian. Right. It's a Scandinavian tale, but there are elements of Sweden in there and so and they and it was sort of like a patch job afterward they were like oh yeah 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 it's it's norway but it never really was like in, in when that movie was introduced and there's no reference to norway in the movie arendelle isn't a real place well don't worry my friend lee over at greece and disney absolutely teed off about everything um because i i saw this originally on i think it was like an inside the magic um post and i was like i literally there's no way that i'm gonna read this um i'm just gonna wait for greece and disney to go <laughs> to go off like a king and, he, and greece and disney has gone off is yeah. that what you're telling me so he, first of all i'm not gonna read well maybe i will read the whole thing it's not as long as i thought um so he goes uh quote so josh gad is asking disney for a new pavilion in epcot's world showcase and he has decided on columbia really josh you decided columbia <laughs> before greece should we compare each country's resume? I'm calling on John Stamos. Who's <laughs> just like, he's just, he's just the Greek icon. If it wasn't Stamos, it's, it's Yanni and Stamos are, are sort of like interchangeable. Um, yeah. I'm calling on John Stamos to ask for Greece in the world showcase. If Josh can ask, so can John. Josh should also not be allowed to use his Disney clout to voice his opinion. If that's the case, then I'm calling on all Greek celebrities globally to do the same, starting with John Stamos. Please sign our petition by clicking the link above for Greece to be an Epcot's World Showcase. <laughs> um, so he's talking about me. I'm a Greek celebrity. I'm going to use my, I, you know. I have a question. Yeah. Is there a... It, since we're we seem to be going at it from this direction now, which I hate, but if we're doing it, let's play by these rules. Is there a Disney movie IP that speaks to Greece? Um, I, Hercules. I don't know. Oh, Hercules. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, that would make sense. Which I've yeah. never seen. I haven't either. Yeah, but you know, and and that goes back to our interview with with Lee uh, uh, several months ago. We are responsible for much of what's going on in the world today, as far as you know, drama, definitely, and math and politics, and you know, a bunch of stuff like that. We should be there. We should be there before before Columbia. Come on, get out of town. <laughs> I mean, are you serious right now? Yeah. Right. Well, I think it would be nice. I think I think having a Greece pavilion. Look, there's a lot of countries I think would be very nice to have there. We should be um, there before Russia. I'll tell you that right now. There are Iran was actually Iran was very very close to participating, but then the Ayatollah was overthrown mm. while they were you know in, what was that seventy nine, and they were in the sure. while they were building Epcot, and they had to pull that out. But Iran was very very close to being an opening day country. In fact, <laughs> God, that would be messy right now well and yeah, you know Lee, lee's point he, uh, on his on his instagram he kind of goes through like in the morocco pavilion he loves pointing out all the greek food that's in the morocco pavilion 
It's like, this is not Moroccan food. This is literally Greek food with Greek wine. Well, let's just, let's do it. Already. <laughs> let's go. Right. Which objectively, Greek wine is not very good. So stay away from the stuff. I I, I liked it. Um, mm. Greek is, but Greek is, gr- Greek lends itself to world showcase, not just from a culinary standpoint, but architecturally, I think it would be beautiful. I mean, could Absolutely. you imagine having the Acropolis with the Parthenon, like at the, you know, that recreating that hovering over world showcase It'd be a hell of a lot better than the roof of the Riviera resort hovering over Germany. I mean, come on people. I know. Right. It, it would be, it would Delightful. be, uh, it would be great. Your turn. Your final story. My final story. There are some changes coming to Disneyland Paris. Disneyland Paris scaled back its operations. I think we discussed that here. Uh, They scaled back their operations earlier this month as rising Omicron cases forced stricter travel restrictions to France from several countries, most uh, importantly, the United Kingdom. Part of that scaling back was Disneyland Paris no longer putting on its nightly fireworks spectacular, which is called Disney Illuminations, which is... That that definitely uh, smarts a little bit for me. I don't really particularly love that. The beloved nighttime spectacular debuted as part of Disneyland Paris's 25th anniversary celebration and has been running since, but was put on hold following the Christmas season in order to reduce costs while attendance and participation at the parks has been limited this month. However, with Omicron beginning to recede and restrictions again being relaxed, Disneyland Paris has announced that Disney Illuminations will once again take to the skies on February 16th. And uh, if you want to hear what that show sounds like, here's a clip of it. Now that's a finale. <laughs> that's something, man. It's something. Actually, it's a little bit of a, it's not the greatest because it's just a rubber stamp of the opening, the, the nighttime spectacular that Shanghai had when it opened. Hmm. And they just gave it to Disneyland Paris for its 30th. So it's called Disney here. Illuminations, but there's, it doesn't say Illuminations anywhere in the lyrics. It says Ignite the Dream. And the show is actually called Ignite the Dream. So it's a little bit weird that it's Disneyland Paris's anniversary show. <laughs> but it is, it is a, it's a nice show. Along with the return of Illuminations, Frozen, a musical invitation, which is a weird title. <laughs> musical will also resume. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just an invitation. That will resume as well as counter service at their bars and restaurants in Disneyland Paris. So... Um, But that's not it. Disneyland Paris is still operating with increased health and safety measures, notably the enforcement of vaccination passes and health passes for guests and mask wearing for guests age six and above throughout the parks in the Disney hotel areas. In other Disneyland Paris news, though, Disneyland Paris is just months away from celebrating its 30th anniversary in April. And tomorrow, 
January 25th, the park is expected to make several announcements about the 30th anniversary celebration lineup. So be on the lookout for what Paris will be offering up to salute its 30th year, which is hard to believe. Wow. 30 years of Disneyland Paris. Euro Disney, as it used to be called. That's wild. I'm hoping they get a new night spectac- nighttime spectacular, but I'm nervous about hoping for that because they always <laughs> ruin them. They only get sure. worse. We don't get good ones now. I think people are trying too hard. I think back yeah. when like, you know, Dorsey was doing them, it's like, oh, this could be fun. Let's do this. Right. But I, it does feel like now it's like, well, let's put more neon. Let's get more different music in here. That's Disney music, but re- revamped. How many, how many characters can we shove into here? Right. What can we it's, do? Overload it. And then it's just, it's like a maker's mark cocktail with 12 <laughs> syrups in it. I just want to taste the spirit underneath. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, give me the spirit. I uh, I think they'll probably take Harmonious and project it onto the Disneyland Paris Castle and call it a day. I can see that happening. They should do, honestly. I would move to China. <laughs> uh, Jeremy. Sal- Jason. Salaries for the Walt Disney Company executives have been released. And try as I might, it's impossible not to just feel a little bit upset about them. You may recall that in 2020, at the start of the pandemic, both Chapek and Iger, the two Bob, the two Bobarinos, had seen reduced. Oh, by the way, speaking of speaking of Chapek. Yeah. Bob Chapek. I saw the nickname that I came up with on an I think it was an Inside the Magic article. Bob Paycheck. No, you didn't come up with that. People yes. have been saying that for Me, years. Because I, I came up with it. When he, got, <laughs> when he got in, I came up with it. I invented it. It's my nickname for him. I don't think so. I do. It, it, Prove me wrong. Stumble of, you can say it without even intending to say it. That's just I know. what his name comes. But, it's to, but, to, to, but to write it out physically and put it in like the meta of your, of your article, because I'm not clicking on anything. I did it. It's mine. But anyway, that's Someone's fine. Someone's been hanging out with Greece and Disney a little I'm bit. I'm <laughs> upset about it at all. I'm calling on John Stamos. I invoke. John Stamos. Feta cheese. Um, this doesn't. That sounds like you. You sound like you're doing prayer in the high holidays. It doesn't sound yeah. like anything Greek. It was all <laughs> Greek. Sounds, it was, you know, okay. whatever. What are you gonna do, man? Um, who do you think invented prayer in the high holidays? The Greeks. The Greeks. Yeah. Go well, talk to Lee just, about it. I just it. thought you did. No. Uh, well. No. Not yet. <laughs> I'd get to give something to them. Um, anyway, Chapek and Iger both had seen reduced salaries at the beginning of 2020, with Iger foregoing his paycheck altogether and Chapek taking a 50 percent. Reduction. This tightening of the belt was in response to the effect of the pandemic had on the Disney company worldwide. At the time, Chapek was slated to make a base salary of $2.5 million, according to his employment agreement. He's also eligible for incentive-based compensation, including a $7.5 million annual target-based bonus and an equity, excuse me, and an annual equity-based long-term incentive grant of $15 million. Actually, I actually don't yeah. really know what any of those words mean. Uh, it's not immediately clear which part of his compensation took that 50% reduction. That was from back in 2020 where, oh, we, we reduced his pay by 50% by, by what? Is it his base salary? Is it a combination of everything? Nobody really knew. Uh, Long-term incentive mm-hmm. is usually based on a rolling three-year performance of a company's, perf- of a company's uh, performance, basically. So mm-hmm. 
you know, he has an annual bonus based on how they do this year. But then what they've done is so that you're not just, you're incentivized to keep your business strong in the long term as well. So they, it could be three years, it could be five, who knows what it is. Yeah. But a lot of companies do it on a three-year rolling basis so that you're not just screwing next year to pay for this year to get a big bonus or whatever. And right. it's usually based on a cash figure as, a, as opposed to a percentage. Okay. That makes sense. Chapek famously reinstated his salary in August of 2020. Chapek famously reinstated his salary back in August of 2020, his salary as well as four other executives who had taken temporary 30% pay cuts along with Chapek. Bob Iger did not go back to his $3 million salary in 2020. He forwent, foregone, <laughs> abandoned his salary. I, I think forwent is actually a word for went man it sounds wrong and i remember i feel like i heard this one time and i was like what is that and i actually think that's correct give me a word of wordle um <laughs> so fall of 2020 Iger did not go back to his salary chapek and Iger ended up taking home 14 million dollars and 21 million dollars respectively in total compensation in 2020 so uh chapek you know reduced his salary by 50 but still cleared 14 million dollars and Bob Iger, who did not even take a salary that year, took home $21 million in compensation um, as Disney Plus took off in popularity. And conversely, as the company also laid off thousands of employees during that pandemic, Chapek and Iger did not get paid bonuses for the fiscal 2020 year. Understandable. Well, the SEC filings are out for 2021 and things are looking a lot rosier for our two Bobs. Jeremy, in case you were worried about them at all, their financial situations. <laughs> JPEG pulled in $32.5 million in compensation fiscal 2021, which is more than double that of 2020. Granted, that number is flawed because he took a reduction in pay for a few months and there were no bonuses handed out in 2020, but it still sounds very bad. JPEG's pay increase was largely due to an extra $14 million in incentives. That amount was zero in 2020 as Disney was hammered by the pandemic. Chipek also took a pay cut on his base salary um, down to 1.8 million. I guess it was 2.5 million. So he dropped that a little bit, maybe took a cut somewhere else. That's where you got the 50%. Uh, but it's back up. He's back up well, more than double, $32.5 million in fiscal 2021. Bob Iger brought in nearly $46 million for his final year at Disney. That's a golden parachute and a half, man. Come on. Uh, that was also double what he made in 2020. But again, that's due in part to his salary being eliminated. Uh, Iger's paid does not include the stock awards he was set to receive upon leaving the company. That's just straight oh. up compensation. That has nothing to do with stock, apparently. Well, he gets stock as part of his package, but yeah. his compensation is probably on, on some level stock options. Mm. And they weren't the only ones taking in a hefty payday last year. Two other longtime senior executives, legal counsel Alan Braverman and communications chief Zinnia Mucha, followed Iger out the door. Braverman pulled in 16.7 mil for his final year, up from the 9 million for 2020. Mucha brought home 7.6 million for her final year with Disney, up from 4.9 million. So these execs are, they just got pretty big increases last year i don't know why yeah. i mean the parks were closed we were down like what's going on we we're firing people what's up cfo christine mccarthy who is not leaving the company 
brought home $21.7 million in 2021, more than double her 2020 compensation. JPEG's pay puts him significantly below the level of many other media executives, however. Of his total compensation, $10.2 million came in the form of a stock award and $14.3 million via the company's non-equity incentive plan. One interesting thing to note for you JPEG haters out there, this is Bobby C's third and supposedly final year left in his initial three-year contract. Well, I thought I'm not allowed to blame him for anything until next year, according to you, but apparently that's not true. What are you going to blame him for? Well, you were telling me on the one show, you're like, you can't blame him for anything. He hasn't even had a chance. Meanwhile, his contract's almost up. His contract's almost up. Well, it's it's the third year. What do you want from the guy? He hasn't done anything because Iger's stuck around like a bad penny keeps turning up he wasn't doing anything he was just hanging around you don't know that i don't know that <laughs> well, if you don't know why are you telling me i can't criticize jpeg i mean look you you can do whatever you choose however it would not be uh journalistic that your journalistic integrity would be lacking <laughs> oh my god i can't believe i'm having a conversation with jason r murrow over here <laughs> I love it. But, um, you know, it just feels... Do you have more to say? No, that's it. It feels gross because it's not like everything's back up and running 100%. And there are still performers who don't have a job. All the singers and dancers and servers and cooks at the Hoop-dee-doo review, not back. Right. They're out of a job. And this guy's, you know, cashing a check on the way to Citibank. I don't really care for that. I don't really care for it either. I, I think it's a little gross and, and kind of greasy. Um, and, you know, it, it, and we, we talked about like the, the, the amount of money that the cast members make and, you know, some places are raising it to 18, like some of the, 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 the unions within the company and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is all great. But I think those people need more, especially because when the parks don't do well, the compensation packages go down. You know, the, the, everyone thinks that uh, Disney is crumbling. The stocks go down, whatever. Like there's a big emphasis on how well the parks are performing. And I really do think that you should be rewarding these people who are on the ground floor, making this stuff happen. You know, I don't, I don't, it doesn't, I don't know. It it doesn't do anybody any good to have Bob Chapek make another million dollars or another $2 million or another $5 million. But you can take that money and literally elevate the lives of the people who are on the ground making uh, allow um, making magic for people who are paying to get into the thing. They're paying you money. They're paying you money. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're buying a ticket. They're buying the merchandise. They're consuming the parks. There's more of like a brand reinforcement at this point, sort of than anything. They're going on Disney Plus. They're they're going on Disney Cruises. They're doing all this Disney stuff outside of the parks because their interactions with the parks are so good because of the cast members are so good. Give them more money. You don't need more money. I mean, I do, but. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I'm less. I'm a little bit. I, I do want them to make more money. I'm doing it in a more of, I, I believe it for a slightly more selfish reason. I think if they're better compensated, they'll do a better job and means yes. that they'll treat the customer better. Uh, for sure. So yeah. I do think that there's some, and, and they'll, you know, I don't like seeing the popcorn machine shut down a half an hour before the park closes. I don't like it that I walked up to the champagne booth 
30 minutes before the fireworks because I wanted a glass of champagne to drink during the show. And they were like, sorry, we're not serving anymore. I was like, no, you should stay open until the end of the night. Why are we closing? There, there's a lot of corners being cut. It's bad show. Right. And I actually, I think it all affects the guest experience, which I think is uh, what is penultimate. I think that's correct. And if you put a little bit more money into the salary budget, and I, th- I think you're absolutely right pay these people a little bit more to stay a little bit longer, have another, you know, if, if we're a little short staffed, let's hire some people. Let's invest in the, in the people because the part it's, it really is. And this is maybe just how everything was built, but like the parks are on the ground floor of the pyramid, you know what I mean? Or even like the sales funnel, if you want to invert it, you get the parks and then you indoctrinate into Disney and then you spread out and you go, well, I'm going to play this mobile game and you know spend $100 on this. I'm going to go online shopping here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go on the Disney Cruise, uh, Disney Plus. Oh, the new movie, Disney movies. I'm going to go see that. And then you go back to the parks and all of those things reinforce that, which is probably why there's a, so much IP in the parks. You need right. to be reinforcing all that. And if the people who are visibly just over their day or aren't doing a good job in providing show for you, you're going to be less inclined, I think, to have a good taste in your mouth when the next Disney movie comes out. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm just stupid. I'm just a stupid guy, dude. I don't know anything about anything. Oh, if we finally agree. <laughs> I love our laugh track. See, you're not stupid. You come up with the laugh track. And... According to you, paycheck. I did it. Even Taryn jumped in the chat. She goes, to be oh, fair. Oh, I see you're in there. To be fair, I think Jason <laughs> did invent it. I did. I didn't see it. Any, and you're right. It's one of those things. That's, it's an easy joke. I mean, it's not even particularly clever. But I didn't see it anywhere until I started saying it. And now suddenly it's on the, the number one Disney fan fiction site in the universe. Someone know. made a really good point today on Twitter, which is rare. Doubt it. Uh, and it, they said it's really ridiculous that there are still parks where, you know, elderly people are having to walk in from the parking lot without the trams operating because they're not fully back. Wow. And, the, and you know, JPEG's getting a race. Doesn't yeah. seem quite right that, you yeah. know, it just goes along with that. Like there's corners being cut, bad show, bad service. You're getting a raise. How about it's just have it be like it's even if even if his salary couldn't cover all those things we want, because I'm sure the arithmetic isn't there, but at least don't look bad. Well, right. And it's, you know and, it's I mean? and it's not just him. Like, first of all, why did Iger get such a fat payout to leave? Why did all the other executives get giant pay increases in right. a park that's not fully even open yet? Yeah. That this yeah. is what doesn't make sense. So, and that that's the problem with the Disney company. And it just, it looks like they don't care about the people in the parks. It's all just to make more money. So then they can give themselves bigger raises. And, you know, for, to a certain extent, that's just sort of like the corporate, like that's what you, that's what you're doing. But there's thousands of people that would really benefit. Yeah. From just a, a couple more dollars. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's not that it's not to them. It wouldn't be that much, but to the people on the floor, it would be everything. It would be everything. Yeah, that's exactly right. And they're printing money. It's today is a Monday. Today is a fifty degree high here. Monday in January, Oof. the park was heaving with people. The wait time. <laughs> I, I think I think Seven Dwarfs had a hundred. Can't say that. Uh, seven uh, little people hit a hundred twenty minute wait today. Wow, that to me is wild. 
Pirates was up there. Uh, Jungle Cruise was over an hour wait today. I mean, the people were, were tweeting the wait times. And it's like, what is happening? A Monday in January should be dead. It's not. Right. I'm trying to find this video someone sent me. And because I, it, it goes along with sort of what we're talking about, but now I can't find it. And I don't know if it's oh. like gone or not. But it, it was, um, Maddie sent it to me. It was, um, this Disney guy on TikTok, I don't know. I've seen him before. His videos are terrible. I wanted to play the audio. It's like, you know, when you're on your phone and like you sort of, it's like far away from your face and you're in a, a, a room that has a lot of echo. It's that sound, that flat sound. Yes. Yeah. So he was doing that, but he was talking about, oh God, what was he saying? Like the difference between Disney Genie Plus and Fast Pass, And if it was like, uh, if the two were fair or something like that. And now I forget, and this is a stupid story. But his point, he goes like, I think that, Dis- uh, that the Fast Pass was actually less fair than Disney Genie Plus, beca- or Disney, or the Lightning Lane, or whatever it is, right? The Plus, yeah. Um, Who the- knows? It's all, it's a hundred different names. It's hard, right? Um, he's like, I think, I think Fast Pass is less fair because it puts people automatically into two categories. Those who know how to game the system and those that don't. And I just immediately shut the video down. It's like, this is the stupidest take. It's like, his name is Dave something. I don't know. It was the what? dumbest take I've ever heard in my entire life. That's like saying, you know what? Um, you can't air fryers are um are are unfair because it automatically puts you into categories those who read the manual and those that don't what are you talking <laughs> about you two different types of categories of people those who understand how a fast pass works and those that don't that's why it's unfair because not everybody's smart enough to understand a thing get literally go away Go hang out with Josh Gad in the La Brea Tar Pits. Leave us alone. <laughs> Does Stop he have it. more than 50 followers? That's what I want to know. He has. Is that a piss yes, of course he does. He's like one of these <laughs> TikTok dudes, man. I don't know. They're, just, they're everywhere. Oh, it's TikTok. Yeah, it's TikTok. Oh, I'm not on TikTok. Yeah, you're not missing much, dude. I'm never going on there. I'm saying that now. I, I, am, I am on the record right now that I will never go on TikTok. I just don't, under, I just don't understand tanks like that, and um, I wish I cared more i guess to, to like because I, I thought about like making a video and like what are you talking about dude but i'm not rgh worry. says it's the same dude that drank water at disney Springs. is it the same I guy got fired <laughs> he yeah, drank he the water <laughs> that's first of all that is disgusting and i hope yeah. that guy got dysentery <laughs> <laughs> um all right jerry let's get out of here huh let's go all right we're done thanks everybody for tuning in i really appreciate it um I don't actually know what's coming up on the channel uh, this next month. I think Terrence is back with a uh, another a Waltz Nine Old Men and um, whatever else everybody has. I don't know. Got to see. I am knee deep in a Spectro Time segment at, oh, at the moment. Halfway it? finished with it, I would say. All right, you want to tease us or no? Uh, it's uh, about the Polynesian Village. All right. <laughs> you didn't say anything, but you just heard the, the record. Yeah. The, record oh, uh, uh, cool. I look forward to it. It's been a while since you've done your thing. I know. And that's why I realized yeah. I have to get back on, get on that. Yeah. Well, I was reading a book and I, I was like, I hey, this could be a Spectro Time segment. There's some good info here. So there you go. I think I'm going to do one on the history of the Disneyland band, a show um, later on this year. I did that. You did? Yeah, it's a Spectro Time segment. It is? The History of the Disneyland Band? It's one of my first ones. I think it was episode three. I'll go back and listen to it. 
uh, because in researching for the Josh Freeze show, I learned a lot. All right, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> thanks a lot for tuning in. And uh, until next time, we'll uh, see you guys later.